Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kim G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, November 10th, 2012. 12, today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 8, this first full paragraph, which begins, No words can tell of the loneliness and despair. Today's readers are, for the steps, Anne-Marie, for the traditions, Rabia, and for the text, it will be Chelsea, Scotty Kay, and Helena. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Anne Marie to read the 12 steps of OA. Hi, this is Anne Marie. Good morning, everyone. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, oh yeah, no, eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks, Anne-Marie. And I will now ask Rabia to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning, fellow visionaries. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. My name is Rabia. And number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Rabia. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your shares to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, um, and for, for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. The meeting does request the meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page eight. The first full paragraph, No Words Can Tell. We're going to be reading two paragraphs, but the first one is more for, from context because we shared on that on Friday. So we'll try to concentrate our sharing on that second paragraph. I starts trembling. I stepped from the hospital a broken man. And I'm going to ask Chelsea to begin reading. Chelsea, can you hit star one? We can't, hit, we can't hear you. Did you call, Kim? Yes, Chelsea. Okay, I was having all um, technical crap. Okay, I'm Chelsea. (laughs) Sorry about that. Chelsea, recovered compulsive overeater for today. No words could tell of the loneliness and despair I found in that bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched around me in all directions. I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. Trembling, I stepped from the hospital, a broken man. Fear sobered me for a bit. Then came the insidious insanity of that first drink on Armistice Day, 1934. I was off again. Everyone became resigned to the certainty that I would have to be shut up somewhere or would stumble along to a miserable end. How dark it is before the dawn. 
In reality, that was the beginning of my last debauch. I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And I'm still Chelsea, and I'm recovered for today. And this really uh, hits home with me here about the absolute desperation and despair that I needed to be at in order to be willing enough to move forward or to even think about moving forward with this process. And it was step one for me, absolutely. And when I was working with my guide, she told me that, and I wrote that down here in my book. But it wasn't enough that the alcohol was king. You know, they talk about king alcohol in here later in the uh, Vision for You part of the book. It wasn't enough for that because the, I, I went back out and ate again, just like uh, Bill here. He trembling from the hospital. Fear had sobered him up. He had probably, whatever the conditions were, were enough to rattle him enough. What that looks like for me in my experience as a compulsive overeater is, for example, I would go to the doctors and get really bad news. You know, listen, Chelsea, you have got to um, do something about this weight because not only are the um, cartilage in your knees and stuff starting to get worn out, you have um, the possibility of having a heart attack. Oh, that news would rattle me. It sobered me up for a bit. At that point, I, oh, goodness, I, every thought in my head was about how I was going to fix it. Every, a gajillion thoughts at that moment when you hear that news. But even with that information, on the way home from getting that news, I'll pull into a drive through my favorite one, and grab a bite because I need to calm down. I need to grab that first bite because I'm rattled. I'm completely shaken by what I've heard. Oh, my goodness. And with all the thoughts and stuff racing around, after all that I realize and after all that morass and pity, after wallowing around, digging and stretching and scratching, the quicksand is all around me. Nothing in sight to help me, and I'm I, going down. And the more I move, you know, a quicksand, it sucks you down. The more you move, the, the more you go down. But it wasn't enough. I still ate. I still ate, and I ate even having on the day of hearing the news. And it could go on. I never knew when I would stop, and I would start again. I would start again. I was off again, and the cycle would begin again. And then I would feel the morass and pity, forget about it, can't bring into memory with sufficient force, and back out I would go. But that's not my experience now, and that's why I just get such – um, joy when I read the last hope part of the um, promise that comes in here at the end where it says I was to know happiness, the fourth dimension, and that's my experience of, the, of how I'm living my life today, how I'm living my life today after being screwed just a few uh, lines above. The hope part, the promise that I will know happiness, peace, usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And it just, that is my experience. And it's a promise that every day I check and see. I check in, kind of a barometer for where I'm at with this, um, with my way of living now. Happiness, peace, and usefulness. Not just all, you know, jumping around in roses. We have to be of use to others. 
So it's incredibly more wonderful for me as time passes and having experienced getting down to the bottom of the bottom and then getting that willingness through despair, which is absolutely required in order to even move forward with the process. And I, with that, I pass. Thank you, Chelsea. Charles, let's let other people as well. Okay, so who would like to share on the chapters, I mean, the paragraphs we just read? Charles. I hear you, Charles. Anyone else? Okay, Rabia. go ahead, Charles. Charles and then Radia. Good morning. Um, good morning, visionaries. My name is Charles. I recover compulsive overeat. I eat too much. And thank you, um, Kim, for your uh, continued service. And wow, there's so much in here. I want to start. I want to start backwards. Um, here's a hidden promise, right? Like, like was so elegantly described. Um, was catapulted into the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. I, I don't know how much times I've read this, but my mind never registered that this was a hidden I never heard it I never heard it talked about, but this is definitely a hidden promise and it, it sounds like the same hidden promise on page one thirty three in the big book where it says we are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous and free. But getting 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 to this trembling oh my goodness. My drastic situation got me white knuckle abstinence for a quick, hot New York minute. Then the obsession of the mind reared its ugly head again. Stop right there, Charles. I was off again. I was never on. I was never on because I I never had that psychic change in my life that the doctor's opinion was talking about. How dark it is before the dawn when I realized that something other than just going to meetings, turning over my food, and working out was needed. I was loitering in OA with an intent to recover. But once I went through what I went through and got the sponsor that said, yo, let's get busy and do some step work. Notice I ain't even talking about the food. I ain't talking about the weight. But I could, I definitely identify in with fear sold me up for a while. You know, when I went to the doctor and they said, yo, you got high blood pressure, you got diabetes, you got this, you got that. You know, um, it sold me up. But, you know, as my friend Kim always said, abstinence ain't enough. That's when I really got problems when I'm asking, you know, because I feel everything more. How dark it is before the dawn. I knew, I knew at that point, grabbing onto my binge foods, like, yo, this is the last time we gonna we gonna have this we gonna we gonna have this connection, bro. This is the last, and this is me talking to my binge food, identifying in with how dark it is before the dawn. I, I know it's over. So let me get this fixed in. Let me get this sugar high in right now because it's over, right? And this is this is in abstinence. White knuckle abstinence ain't going to do it for me. I will, how much times, you know, my friend Leo always says, you know, I stop millions of times. How can I stay stopped? I stay stopped by staying in this big book, being a visionary, 164 pages and everything before the 164, living in it and, 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 and trying to give it to somebody else. That's the promise. That's when I get rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. And, and, and I do know happiness. I do know peace. And I do know usefulness in a way of life 
that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. You know, continue to put take people through the steps. Continue. Continue every single day. I'm just so excited about this 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 uh going through, you know, page eight, the process, and nine, we're gonna go through the the solution, getting the solutions in. So with that I'm gonna pass. My name is Charles I so much. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. And Rabia, you're up. Good morning, everyone. This is Rabia. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and so so grateful to be on the line with everyone and and reading re, and read these words and and um I just love the way Chelsea read it because I felt the doom. It's so good to feel the hopelessness and and just where I was, how dark it was before the dawn and um and and look at the timing of this armistice day nineteen thirty four that's veterans day and here we are two thousand and fourteen you know and these words still speak to us and to me um so deeply and 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 i have um i wanted to jump right on this morning because I have the most wonderful story and it's happening so frequently now about the fourth dimension and and when we come out of this doom and gloom and recovering these 12 steps. So my husband told me the most wonderful story. Last night we came back from a meeting, and he said, and after the meeting this beautiful woman came up to me and gave me this warm hug, and I had to look at her twice. And and who was this? It's, it was, it's a woman, my protege, that I had uh, just recently um, guided through the big book, <laughs> and she is. She is this glowing, beautiful, gorgeous, from the inside out woman, and um, and and it's uh, we see it in each other. You know, this is what happens to us. We, we come crawling in to these steps. You know, so beaten down, and and a few. Weeks later, here we are, recovered and shining, and attraction, not promotion, you know, and and um and it's so, so beautiful to see it happening around us. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Rabia. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. Anita. Anyone? Anne Marie. Bonnie P. Hi, Rachel H. from New York. Okay, I got Okay, I got Janice. Oh, I wrote Janice's name down twice. Who was after Janice? Rachel H. Okay, well, who I got was Janice. Anita, that's who it was. Okay, so it was Janice, Anita L., Anne Marie, and I think it was Ronnie or, or was that Lonnie? Lonnie Rachel. Rachel. Florida, yes. Lonnie, Lonnie with an R or with an L? L. L. So Lonnie and then Rachel H. Okay, so we'll start out with Janice M. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, God, I forgot your name, and I know it accordingly. Um, anyway, my name is Janice M., and um, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, Kim G. Thank you. Yes. Okay, now we remember, um, we read the first, and, and all I know is identification, identification for me. You know, he's sober. He's sober. He just got out of the hospital. Okay, he's got no AA to go to yet because there's no, OA, there's no AA yet. 
and you know, he felt powerless, remember? He felt like he, you know, alcohol was no match, and I felt that way too, you know. But you know what? <laughs> Fear. The doctor told me the same thing, Janice. You're going to have leg. You're going to have operations on your knee. Your 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 cholesterol is high. The diabetes. I went. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me go. Please get me a diabetic nutritionist. You know, and I'll go. But you see, with my disease, nothing can scare me. Nothing can scare me into getting abstinent and recovered, and nothing can convince me, except the disease. And now he's sober. He's sober. But what happens right away, the insidious insanity of the first drink, not the fifth drink, not the sixth drink, the first drink. I'm just going to go over those two words for me because I I love them because that's my mind. Insidious for me, insidious. It's so tricky. It's sneaky. It's treacherous. It's, It's subtle. It just comes in like a sly snake, that thought. Where does it come? It comes in my mind. The insanity is lacking soundness of mind. I just got out of the hospital. You know, they sobered me up or whatever it is. And there I w- then the thought comes in, into my mind. I can't remember the truth from the false. You see, I have to. And this is what the steps did for me. They restored me to diff to think differently, to take that obsession of the of the mind away. So therefore, when I'm restored to that insane thinking, then I can push it away or, or not want it anymore. And I think that's so important. Look at how fast out of the hospital, afraid a little bit. You know, me. That was me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Kim, and everyone. Thanks, Janice. And Anita L., you're next. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Kim, for your service. And uh, I'm Anita L., recovered from Philadelphia area for today. I uh, I just wanted to share because I've had that 180 uh, change in perception of my attitude and my actions and my gratitude. And, you know, the paragraph before talking about the darkness with the quicksand all around him, and I felt that way, um, not only with my physical weight being back up again. That wasn't even the most important uh, part of the loneliness, despair, uh, uh, feeling depressed not able to get out of bed for days. I can't believe that's how I was. It was uh, four years ago exactly to this time of the year when I moved into my new home, and I was very depressed. And today I live with such gratitude. Um, I've been recovered since the middle of March, and I've been absent since January, and uh, not only just abstinent, living a new way of life, the way that my higher power would want me to live, 
And uh, a huge part of that right now is by giving service. And so, you know, how dark it is before the dawn. Well, I felt that darkness four years ago and, you know, and since then I had dark times. However, since working the steps now, the 12 steps, becoming a sponsor, carrying the message, loving life beyond words, being grateful for every tiny little thing, my life is fuller today than it ever was in my entire life. I feel so rich because life has taken on a new meaning. I have become transformed, and I was that trembling, nervous wreck. And here I am today, a proud woman, feeling confident, Love for myself and others, but for myself, it's a miracle. So if it can happen to me, guys, it can happen for you, too. So with that, I pass. And thank you so much, OA, and especially to this phone meeting and all who helped to carry the message. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, Anita. And Anne-Marie M., you're up. Hi, thank you. This is Anne-Marie M., a recovered compulsive eater in South Carolina. Um, thank you, Kim, for your service. Um, I really wanted to focus on the promise that I see, that last, uh, the last couple of sentences. Um, I was soon to be capulated into what I like to call the fourth dimension of uh, existence. And what I have for uh, cat, uh, catapulted, I'm sorry, catapulted, um, meaning a device for hurling weapons, you know. So I just think of myself as this heavy, big problem that God was able to just lift up and throw me into the fourth dimension. And what I have that uh, the fourth dimension was something outside the range of ordinary experience, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I remember um, I was listening to a recording and it, finally hit me, you know, and I just felt God's hands around me and just picking me up, and I felt like such a, not that my weight was heavy, like just my, my being, my problems, my um, feelings were just such a heavy, heavy uh, device, like a, that, that thing that I was, I felt like I had no, um, no way that my problems were going to be ever helped. But yet God just picked me up and just hurled me, hurled me into this fourth dimension. And, um, and now I do know happiness and I know peace and I know usefulness. I am so grateful for that. I love to do service. I am, uh, you know, the promises have come true. Um, on page uh, 84, um, you know, let me see, what promise was that? Um, we will... Um, Interest, oh, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. How many times did I lie in bed just feeling so badly for myself, not wanting to get up, you know, and just felt so useless? And today I feel the total opposite. And um, so that promise has come true for me. Um, and in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes and every day you know, every day is an experience. You know, every day is not uh, peaches and cream. You know, it's not 
but I have God to fall back on. You know, I have a sponsor. God has put people in my life uh, that has just helped me tremendously. And just one last thing, I remember um, my birthday was uh, November 3rd, and I remember um, last birthday, there's, there's a few of us that are in my um, my women's group, and we take each other out for birthdays. And I remember last year when I went out, I had to call. I was I had a food hangover, got out of work, and I just told them, you know, I lied, um, part of my uh, my my disease lie, and just told them that I had worked too late and that I just I couldn't I couldn't make it for lunch, and um, I uh, I just felt so badly. And then this past. Uh, yet last week we went out, and what a joy to be among friends and to be focusing not on me, but to listening to what's going on in their life and and to feel like I have a purpose. God, God has a purpose, you know, and I believe He has a purpose for all of us. And if He can do this for me, um, I I believe He will do it for anyone that who is willing. So um, that's all I have to say, Kim. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Marie and Lonnie. You're next. Hi, this is Lonnie. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Lonnie. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, Lonnie P. from Florida, um, recovered compulsive overeater for today. Uh, I just I want to focus on, I guess, a couple of things, you know, that fear sobered me for a bit, you know, and then the insanity of that first bite in my, you know, my instance. You know, I had 11 months of recommitted abstinence. I thought, you know, I was doing everything right. And then, lo and behold, you know, stressful day, whatever, you know, the thought came and I acted on the thought. And for the next two weeks, you know, I was into some of my binge foods, you know. And it just, again, that fear, yeah, it sobered me for a bit. But thank you, God, then I had a guide take me through the big book you know, and today I can honestly say that I earnestly seek God every single morning and I go forth upon my day asking how I can be of service. And I carry that with me throughout the day. There has been such a complete shift in me. You know, in the past I would read pages like 84 through 88 in the big book in the morning, but I don't know how much it was really sinking in or how much I really meant it, like how can I best be of service. And today, not only do I read those pages, but I pray for God to guide me throughout the day that I could be of utmost service and know the joy of being used, you know, by my higher power. So, you know, a lot of times it's hard for me to say that I'm in the fourth dimension and all those things, but I thank God that I have a sponsor and a big book guide and other people around me that can tell me, you know, how different I am today and, you know, how different I show up in the world each day. So if that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. I'm just so grateful for this program, especially for this this Vision for You meeting, because it has changed my recovery and it has brought me into the solution instead of focusing on the problem. And with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Lonnie. And we're going to go to Rachel H., and then we're going to, after that, we're going to go to the next paragraph. So, Rachel, go ahead.
Hi, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now, Rachel. Go ahead. Hi, this is Rachel H. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater for today. So grateful. I apologize for any noise from my toddler in the background. Um, and I'm so I'm so grateful to be on this meeting. And um, you know, th- this idea and this paragraph about fear sober sobering me up for a bit. You know, um, I, I certainly can relate to that. There's been so many times where I thought fear was gonna you know cause a huge change. But I can say that the reason why I'm called into this meeting right now is not because of fear. The reason why I work this program each morning and all day is not because of fear, it's because of the meaning, it's because of the sanity that I get. Anything that I see totally based on fear wears off because who wants to really run around always feeling afraid? Um, and what's, what's interesting also in the paragraph when it talks about the insidious insanity of the first drink, um, it reminded me how in chapter 3 on page 30 it says, um, the, the second paragraph it says, the delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be snatched. And one of the things I find interesting is they obviously were very particular about the words that they used. And the word smashed means, you know, and I don't have a dictionary in front of me, but from what I understand, it's not destroying something. I mean, it's destroying something in its structural form, but it's reducing it to smaller pieces. So if you were to smash a statue, like, you would just have a lot of rubble. And for me, this this notion, this illusion that I can be like other people, it, it, it has to be snatched, but there's still going to be little bits and pieces of that illusion that are going to come up. And, that, and that's where the insidious insanity is, right? Because for me, I can have this insane thought about how I can take a first bite of something, and it really is insane. And that is a small rubble left from that delusion that I can be like everybody else. Um, and for sure, the fear is so important for me. You know, I don't want to lose so much of what I have, you know, in my life in this program. But when I get up in the morning, I'm just so, I feel so connected and so positive. And that's what's so amazing to me is that I can live today in a way where I'm not always trying to outrun consequences and be reactionary and trying to fix things after they're broken, but rather each morning to be able to start off the day connecting to a power greater than myself, and only through that can I be catapulted, because I can't catapult myself without a past. Thanks, Rachel, and we're going to move on to Scotty Kay. Can you read the next two paragraphs, please? Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Scotty Kay uh, from New York City. Um, reading the bottom of page 8, near the end of that bleak November, I sat drinking in my kitchen. With a certain satisfaction, I reflected there was enough gin concealed about the house to carry me through that night and the next day. My wife was at work. I wondered whether I dare hide a full bottle of gin near the head of my bed. I would certainly need it before daylight. My musing was interrupted by the telephone. The cheery voice of an old school friend asked if he might come over. He was sober. It was years since I can remember his coming to New York in that condition. I was amazed. Rumor had it that it had been committed for alcoholic, he had been committed for alcoholic insanity. I wondered how he had escaped. Of course, I would have dinner. Of course, he would have, sorry, of course, he would have dinner, and then I could drink openly with him. Unmindful of his welfare, I thought only of recapturing the spirit of other days. There was a time we chartered an airplane to complete a jag, that coming to... Um, that coming was an oasis in this dreary desert of futility, the very thing an oasis. Drinkers are like that. 
Um, my name is Scott, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from New York City. Um, grateful to uh, have an opportunity to share with you folks today. Um, thanks to my higher power, I choose to call God. Um, the 12 steps of our program, which is found, of course, through this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the Fellowship of OA, um, I haven't found it necessary to compulsively overeat or act on my, my compulsive food behaviors in 4,267 days today, one day at a time. And, um, you know, this, this, uh, this paragraph, these two paragraphs are incredibly dense and packed, and, of course, in three minutes I'm never going to be able to um, share everything that I'd love to share, but, of course, you know, it's not the Scott Show. It's, it's a vision for you, and I get an opportunity to share. Um, let's see. So, with a certain satisfaction, let's pick this apart a little bit. Um, the, the gin concealed about the house. I've been in OA for 23 years. Um, I'm a young, long-timer. I, I'm 44 years old, so I've been here since I'm a kid. And, you know, growing up, there, there was always food strategically hidden everywhere in my home. There was always um, something. So if my father or my mother or my brother would find one of my stashes, there was always a bunch of others. Um, the other thing I would do is, is find like half-open boxes of, of stuff in the freezer and put candy and all sorts of stuff in there because, you know, I was an angry person and didn't know it. You know, depression is anger turned inwards. So I was depressed and I was very angry but didn't know it. So I love to, like, crunch and just have that crunch, crunch, crunch. And that was a big part of my day. Half of my day was spent gathering food and stealing and, and figuring out ways of getting food, stealing money, stealing food from stores. And the other half was, was eating it. So that, that really talks to me about that. And then, you know, when he talks about, I wonder whether I dared hide a full bottle of gin near the head of my bed. I mean, geez, I, I always had um, um, things of Duncan Hines frosting under my bed so I can get that sugar and that fat. As soon as I woke up, I would need it. You know, I know I've shared this before on the phone and during the Sunday meetings and, of course, this meeting. Um, but, you know, I, I compare my recovery like a mathematical chart with zero in the middle, negative 10, and positive 10 on the opposite, opposite sides. You know, when I first picked up and, and food did for me what nothing it, would, it could never do, I was living my life on zero, and it brought me up to positive eight. When I came into OA struggling uh, almost 500 pounds of my life completely unmanageable, I was living life on negative, negative nine or negative eight and needed to compulsively eat just to bring myself up to zero. So food would just get me, you know, I would need to bend and eat just to, just to get out of bed pretty much and just to function in life. Um, and, you know, of course, Bill now is right in the middle of, of just, he picked up again, you know, it's November, um, or Mistress Day, Veterans Day, he just picked up again, um, reminding himself of the war and, and his depression. And, of course, Ebby calls, and, you know, the cheery voice. Um, I compared the cheery voice with the words, he was sober. Um, you know, because I'm sure w with Bill and Ebby being so drunk and being so effed up, they, the, the idea that him actually having a cheery voice, like, hey, Bill, he was in sales mode at that point. He knew. He was already talking to Lois. He was already talking to everybody. And he knew that he had to call Bill, and he had to, to get Bill to, to just change. And that's his whole job right there was to do that. So Ebby was in sales mode, and they were, they were both salesmen. They were salesmen extraordinaires, as we know. Um, the idea of him being sober. Um, and, you know, I'll close with just the idea of the oasis that it talks about at the end of the paragraph. Um, you know, the, the idea of an oasis, the idea of anything being in the middle of, of this sickness and this illness of me eating and binging and, and, and just being so sick and falling asleep and waking up and needing to binge again, 
you know, something in the middle of it that, that would be exciting was great until I had a binge again, and it was all about the disease. You know, so I'm excited about this. We're on page nine. I'm going to strap myself in and get, ex- get so excited because the next three pages of Bill taking step two, and then he just jumps through the rest of the steps, and his life just changes forever. Um, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys have to say. I'm going to shut up and let you guys share. Bye. Thanks, Scotty. And who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Larry? Melissa? can I share? Anna? Okay, I hear Larry. I hear, is it Melissa or Larissa? Melissa with an M, Melissa. Okay, Melissa and then Bella. And I think I heard an Anna, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Anyone else before I have Larry talk? Okay, so let's start out with Larry. Hey, Tim, good morning. Uh, Larry Kay, uh, Recovered Compulsory Reader from Chicago. So, uh, yeah, what I see here is, uh, you know, it's that, that moment that, uh, you know, we, we all have that moment um, when, when, when we're introduced, perhaps. You know, um, here, Bill, you know, he's, 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 he gets a, a phone call. Um, and he has, uh, you know, I mean, he's in the throes of this disease still. He feels hopeless. I mean, I felt hopeless. Um, but there's just, uh, you know, with that phone call was, um, was a little bit of hope, a little bit of hope. And, um, you know, there's that Ebby moment, you know, I call it an Ebby moment. I, for me, I had that, um, I was, <laughs> little did I know I was, um, I was helping, uh, someone, uh, in, in therapy you know, with their issues. And, and then that person, uh, turned around and, 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 uh, 12 stepped me, uh, it was kind of like the phone call, you know, um. I was just trying to identify with this person and and uh and, and, and share, you know, we'll hear more about Abby, but I was just sharing that I could identify with his true heroin addiction, that he had been sober, uh abstinent, if you will, for probably sixteen years, I believe, as I recall, and and I was just saying that I you know, as I had food all around my house, I had it um you know, um I, I, I had to get my fix everywhere. In fact I did that morning before the session. No question. I can't recall what I had, but believe me, it wasn't pretty. And I was, he said, you know, I don't even know if you understand exactly what this is like. And I said, well, you know, I do have an issue with food. You know, and I went on to, it just kind of came to me, you know, and, and I went on to talk about that and just in, in, in trying to identify with him. And he, here's a guy that's been sober and for a long time from his addiction. And, uh, he had that Ebby moment, you know, and he had shared, oh, he goes, that's, that's interesting. You know, I think there's something called Overeaters Anonymous. Maybe you should check that out. You know, he wasn't being sarcastic. It was really with humility that he shared that. And um, and then six months later, I, I checked it out, you know. We, we, we're ready when we're ready, you know. And um, so this this entry into um, into that this Ebby moment, you know, where, where he's introduced from hopelessness to hope is quite extraordinary for most of us. And uh, my life has never been the same. And I didn't get this program right away. I certainly didn't. But when I was ready, I worked through the steps. And when I worked through the steps, I had a spiritual transformation sufficient to arrest this disease. And that's not all it did. It uh, gave me a peace and serenity beyond what I could have ever imagined. Anyways, thanks for your service, Kim. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Larry. And Melissa, you're next. 
Hi, this is Melissa from New York, a recovering compulsive overeater. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Melissa. Go ahead. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, gosh, uh, you know, to 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 see the the depth of despair um, and really this bleak bottom where um, just uh, drinking to survive and and now here comes in the you know the lifeboat this this that's going to save him and um, you know there's couple of things here that I really uh, just struck me this morning. One was that even as he is drinking and, um, you know, well on his way, he's already thinking about getting more of the gin later, like that he's going to need to have it in his bed. Um, and that is where my disease always stopped me, that even as the food is in my mouth, even as I was chewing it or swallowing it whole, I wasn't even experiencing it in my mouth. I was already fearful for later, for the quest of more. And um, that's how I know that I am really sick with this disease because every time, you know, fear has been enough of a motivation to make me put it down for a moment. But somehow it would find its way back in my mouth, um, whether it would be at an event, which was like a perfect excuse for me, or even, you know, when my disease was really at the end before I, you know, really grabbed my recovery this time, um, I needed no excuses. I just needed it to open up my eyes and, and begin my day. Um, and, but even as it was in my mouth, I was worried about getting more later. Um, it's this constant quest for more. And, um, you know, it also, I, in February, I was really at my lowest low and I had gone to the doctor and, um, you know, got that lecture for the millionth time. Um, and I left there crying um, and ran into somebody that I knew from the rooms and, uh, you know, a day later in Lowe's and, um and it was like that moment, you know, um, <laughs> that that's what it takes. It's seeing someone else from the fellowship, someone else who um, this particular person really has God, you know, and I dismissed her before um, because in my mind I wasn't looking really to recover back then. I was just looking to get the OA diet. And so she was a religious freak in my mind, but here she was came along exactly at the right moment, um, and I was just willing enough. Um, the fear was enough to make me willing, um, and and then there comes in someone from the fellowship and connects me to my higher power where the real solution begins. And, um, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. I'm so glad that I had my bottom, that it was just that awful, um, because without it, you know, there would be no recovery. And uh, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. And Bella, you're next. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Kim, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line, with a certain satisfaction. Wow. Thank you, God, that now I know a different meaning for satisfaction. 
Yes, before the program, I was lonely and alone, self-pity. I was nervous. I was angry. I was jealous. And uh, I needed the power. I wanted to feel the power. And my life was like in a war. And I wanted to be the winner. So I had such a big satisfaction when I could eat, even though people took away the food away from me. I felt so proud of myself. And then when I, say, when I felt, wow, I am the winner, I can eat, even though people took away the food, I had satisfaction. Thank you, God, that now I am not there anymore. I am not in a place that the food is the master of my life. Thank you, God, that today I have a different meaning for satisfaction. Yes, I am connected to, to a power higher than myself. Yes, today I accept and admit and I say it so happy I am powerless. I am powerless not because I am stupid, not because I am dumb. I am powerless because I am human. And this is the way that God wants me to be. Today I accept and admit that I have one power in my life to be able to choose, to choose the right choice one day at a time. And it's okay to do mistakes because I am powerless. Today I have a satisfaction not to need anymore the proof of people. Today I am not, I don't have satisfaction to be a people pleaser. Today I have a satisfaction to, to give over the message that God wants me to give. Today I have satisfaction to be able to do service. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella. And Anna, you're next. Hi, who's next? Anna? Yes, that's me. Okay, Hi, I'm Anna. I'm a, I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm from New York. Um, and I'm recovered for today, one day at a time. Um, yeah, okay. So this, this is such a powerful... Um, these passages are so powerful because... They really talk about that moment of transformation um, that happens, and it's a, and it's um, for me. I remember um, interesting. I didn't. I came into this program in desperation. I came in um, on my knees, and um, the transformation really didn't happen until I started listening and really hearing people. Um, in the in the rooms and in this program talk about what working the steps had done for them um, and how it had changed their lives. Um, but I will say that my Eddie Thatcher moment, my moment that someone presented this as a solution to me came many, many years before I ever came into the rooms and I didn't know it. I didn't know it until I actually came into the rooms and and remembered that it was given to me as a gift. Um, and I had a teacher that told me told me about the program in a in a public way. She didn't single me out. She just told her story, and it was funny and lively. And it didn't at the time it didn't register 
and um, I put it away somewhere. I didn't hear it. And then years later, when I was in my desperate, most desperate point and um, was in my house and missing work because I was hungover from the food and, you know, calling in sick days because I had binged the night before and I couldn't manage to get to work um, and living in depression, I, I remembered what this woman had said and I know that that was my higher power. I know that that was the universe looking out for me and telling me there's something bigger than you and there is a solution. And that's what brought me to OA. Um, probably my favorite line out of this whole thing is um, when he says that he saw it as an oasis and drinkers are like that. And I use that line a lot with um, when I talk to fellows and when we talk. You know, I love to say, yeah, we're addicts. We're like that. Because any thought, any opportunity, it doesn't have to be with food. It doesn't have to be with alcohol. It can be with people, places, and things. My disease loves to seize onto the idea of a chance to, you know, a chance to take it easy and act out. And um, the way today that I um, stay close to the program and stay close to my higher power is really through prayer and meditation and through working the steps. Um, and that keeps my disease, I don't like to say at bay because it's, it's, I like to believe that I get to be recovered for today, but those spiritual actions keep me recovered and working with others. Um, and just to wrap up, um, if you're new and you're listening to this and you're wondering, you know, wow, what are all these people talking about? If you're finding that you're binging and you're in the food or you're purging or whatever's happening to you and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, just keep coming back. Keep trying it. Um, Just one thing, one action at a time, and maybe this for you can be your Ebby Thatcher moment where you hear people talking about their solution and if you want what they have and you want some serenity, keep having faith in coming back because it really, truly can, it's changed my life, and I know that there are many other people who can attest the same thing. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. And it's now time to close the meeting. Thank you, everyone who has shared, those who have attended live, and especially those who are listening to this recording. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Helena read the last page of the vision for you? Hi, this is Helena. Good hey, Helena. Kim, I'm sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. Did you ask me to read page 164? Yes, I did. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, 